Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name is Tom Radlick. Thank you for joining me for this particular podcast. Now, we're in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic and in Melbourne where um, my guests for this podcast and I are. We're, we're all in lockdown. And one of the things that people may be thinking about is what in heaven's name do they do with their interest rates um, and their repayments on loans and and other financial arrangements when we move out of the pandemic mode and into something that loosely resembles more um, more of a regular pulse in terms of commerce. Uh, we probably won't be there for a little while yet, but what happens in tax terms with interest payments and how does all that work? Because people are going to be worried about that. Lisa Gregg, who's a tax agent and a tr- tax trainer and, and a tax advisor herself, uh, is with me to talk a bit more about that kind of thing. Lisa, thanks for joining me again. Thanks very much for having me, Tom. Absolutely. Uh, an absolute pleasure. And one of the issues that people are going to face as we go through this latter part of the pandemic is the issue of loans, loan repayments and, and that kind of thing. So I thought it would be useful for us to just explain to people in what circumstance those interest payments might be deductible for tax purposes because not everything is deductible as we've discussed before. Um, and in a, in a period of stress, people may be wanting to get some clarity on what um, what they're able to claim. Uh, what's the situation in terms of interest payments at the moment? Yeah, thanks, Tom. Well, we really have to put it into two buckets because um, interest deductions are covered under a the general deductible uh, provisions of our tax act. So we've got two different types of deductions. We've got the, like the general ones and then we've got the specific deductions. Okay, so it's covered under the general deductions. And the way the general deductions work, it works differently whether you're an individual or whether you're carrying on a business. So individual, I'm saying, is actually you know like a salary and wage earner, for example, um, as opposed to carrying on a business. So we need to look at it in two different ways. And so if we have a look at it from an individual point of view, uh, most of the time when we're talking about interest deductibility, uh, so basically someone's taken out a loan, for some money and they need to make a principal and interest repayment or just an interest repayment uh, for an individual, that's pretty much bookended by the lovely investment property, the beloved negative gearing as we, we sometimes call it and things like that. Okay, so that's sort of the, the first cab off the rank if we want to talk about it like that, Tom, it's, which it's is not, basically... Not, yeah, well, you've got... There's two situations that are possible. One is I'm a I'm an individual. I borrowed money, my first home. Um, the interest payments on your first home aren't going to be tax deductible, right? Correct, correct. So because the, because your because your residence is not a property investment. Correct. Se. So as we've been to, as we talked about with work related deductions and things like that in previous podcasts, um, there's got to be a nexus between or connection between the accessible income and claiming the deduction. So that's where it comes under this general deduction scheme. So where I'm, I'm talking about for an individual, if you're, and I was alluding to investment property, if you've got your primary place of residence, 
uh, you've got a mortgage on that. The interest deductions are not, not deductible for tax purposes because you're not earning any income, let's say, you know, from, from, from renting out that house. It's your, your primary place of residence. You do get some tax breaks because you, we've got the main residence exemption, which means that when you sell it, you don't have to pay any capital gains tax. Okay, so there's, there's benefits that way. Okay, where if you've got an investment property where you're generating accessible income through renting out the premises, okay, if you sell the property, there's a capital gains tax component, but also if you've taken out a mortgage specifically for purchasing of that property, then the interest is deductible. Okay. So that 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 for the listeners is the the interesting bit if it's your residence you're not using it for rental purposes that is it's not an investment property it's the thing you live in uh the interest that you incur on the loan or the mortgage is not deductible if you are if you're doing the property investment thing and you're playing property tycoon then there's a deductibility there in terms of the business you're running as a, as a property owner uh, and some renting things out and whatever have you. Now, that let's set the individuals aside for the moment. Oh, can I just add one more thing on that, Tom? Because I think it's important to note that the banks or the lenders have got very sophisticated um, different products that they offer to investment properties. And so what you what the listeners have to be careful about with the deductibility is things like, is there an offset account that offsets the rent for that mortgage or loan? Or is there a redraw facility or whatever? So you've got to be really careful whether all the amount um, is deductible for interest purposes for, for uh, deductibility purposes okay so you so you've got to look at that what where a lot of um, issues arise and the ATL are heavily auditing this area uh, is that you've got a loan for say half a million dollars on your investment property then you decide you're going to go and buy a Tesla car or you're going to do a renovation on your primary place of residence and so that half million dollar mortgage then goes to seven hundred thousand dollars or something like that right that two hundred thousand dollars that you've used for private purpose the interest on that is deductible, even though it's, it's, it, there's, there's a connection with that investment property. Okay, so we've got to look at the different ways that the, the lenders structure these products. And a lot of it's to do with redraw and an offset. So you've just got to be mindful about how it's structured and, and talk to your um, tax agent and your, your, to uh, work out what's deductible or not, to just be mindful. So if you're looking at purchasing a property say if you're in lockdown Melbourne and you're about to purchase a property in the Gold Coast Brisbane because you want to escape uh for of course for the for the good weather more than anything else let alone um stage four lockdown uh what you want to do is talk to your tax agent before you you go about getting that loan to work out what's going to be structured best if that if that property on the Goldie is going to be an investment property You've actually raised several important issues there, but I want to highlight one uh, that I will be ranting on a lot about when Rorts and Ripoffs, my next book, comes out, and that is if you're having a discussion with your bank about financial products, 
Remember that somewhere along the line in that banking sphere, people are getting some kind of, or will be getting some kind of reward for you know, getting you to buy that thing. Uh, it's important that people seek some independent advice, have a conversation with another professional before they commit to a particular financial product uh, that looks somewhat enticing. Uh, oh, exactly, important. Tom. And I've, it and is I've, important. Yeah, sorry, I've got a lot of uh, clients at the moment that are that are refinancing for some reason, and um, I always say to them, they, they go through a mortgage broker or something like that and go, well, you know, they're suggesting the the, the, the four products that they're probably getting uh, very nice uh, little commissions or trailing commissions from. So ask the question, you know, you've got to be upfront with are they recommending the best product for you or are they recommending the best product for them? So it's always good to ask the questions, isn't it, Tom? Uh, well, arming yourself with the knowledge that there are uh, payment arrangements in financial services that are contingent on, on the product being sold or whatever have you um, means that you're in a better position to grill the advisor rather than the advisor steamrolling you. And that, I think, is a very important principle in the same way with tax um, tax matters or, or things that have tax implications like uh, that SMSF um, case in the Hainville Commission where the couple mm. had uh, wanted to do a bread, yeah. yeah wanted to do a bread and breakfast deal, um, and they were not told by people until late in the piece that uh, an SMSF has got to have a sole purpose, and that sole purpose is to help you invest for your retirement not to help you have a property in which you live and, and run a business. That's um, yes. that's one of the uh, – that, that was one of the issues in that case study. Had they gone to a tax agent to look at the tax consequences, uh, they would have been – they would no doubt have been persuaded out of that particular – out of that particular line of thought. But um, – yeah, that's exactly one. right, Tom. And it's the same thing that, you know, as I said, if you're, you're looking at taking out a mortgage for an investment property, talk to your tax agent. Don't get tax advice from your mortgage broker or, or your relationship manager at the bank. Uh, exactly the same that you don't take um, advice from someone that's trying to sell you a, a car at the end of financial year. So just remember, well, well, everyone's I mean, got to play to their expertise. Yeah, there's that. I mean, it's a bit like uh, it's a bit like the debate on COVID nineteen at the moment, where you got a whole bunch of people who are economics commentators um, and, and general commentators on politics and social affairs, telling you what COVID uh, COVID is going to do or not do, or what medication the government ought to allow uh, people to have. Um, when, when I've gone to a GP or a uh, or a specialist. I haven't seen somebody with journalistic qualifications or uh, or a career in 30, 30 years in journalism. I've seen people who've spent a heck of a lot of time mastering the art of medicine. Um, so look for expertise and look for knowledge rather than uh, rather than profile and smooth talk. Uh, if we if, We've dealt with the individual side of life, mm-hmm. uh, which is all very well and good, but we've probably got a few people who need some insight into where the business uh, deductions of interest might come into play. 
Yeah, Tom, well, it's a lot It's a lot more complex, as I was trying to allude to with the individuals. It depends on what sort of the loan is for the investment property. With um, businesses, there's a lot more uh, scope, flexibility, if you want to call it that, um, with what interest is deductible. Uh, so with there's some very classic um, tax law cases that gets taught at undergrad tax courses about um, when interest would be deductible for business and there is also uh, so normal business loan and normal business overdraft using you know business as usual of course that's going to be deductible um, you've got to look at um, holidays from um, interest repayments and things like that for businesses as well are they actually still on foot so therefore can you take the deduction on an accruals basis or not so that's one thing we need to be aware of with COVID but also um, for businesses if you've taken out a loan for something that hasn't actually eventuated into a business sometimes that can still be deductible even though um, for an individual, it would be too soon and not deductible. For a business, um, you know, undertaking some feasibility studies or incurring some uh, loan to establish a business that never really took off or never really became a business, that can be deductible. And then conversely, at the end of the business, say you've unfortunately had some bad luck and uh, the business... Uh, was sold and you were still holding a lovely loan against that business, then going forward you can still deduct that interest as you're paying that off, even though the business is now not around anymore. So as you can see, there's a lot more flexibility along the timeline of interest deductibility when it comes to businesses. Yeah, that, that's actually quite interesting uh, because... It illustrates that dichotomy between individual and business. Mm. And that's something that, that people need to bear in mind when they're grappling with it. Again, though, um, uh, the business owner, irrespective of whether it's a small business or something a bit larger, needs to be careful of what they're committing to. Um, and um, how that, how the advice that they seek plays out, and who they talk to about it. Yeah, exactly, Tom. It's 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 as as we were saying before. It's very important to get the right advice from the right expert. Um, and there's different, and it's not just from banks for business as well. You've got different lines of credit. And there's different, there's all different types of products available as well. Um, you know, when you look at it, uh, you know, even even sort of uh, the selling off of a debt um, could be a way that you know you may consider it a bit like an interest deductibility sort of issue. So um, factoring of debt is very big in business because really, when we talk about business, we're really talking about cash flow most of the time. Uh, for businesses. I know COVID's sort of throwing a little bit of a spanner in the works of how we traditionally look at um, business models, but still, um, it's still the fundamentals that uh, you've got to manage your cash flow. And one of those elements of cash flow is uh, your 
the payment of debt, whatever that is, whether it's interest deductibility or factoring of your accounts receivables or whatever, it still it still comes into play on how you're going to purchase the next bit of stock of inventory so you can then sell it to then keep the cash flow moving through as we need to uh, in most most businesses. I think that, uh, that's quite, uh, quite a nice way to, to, to wrap up that part of the segment. There's a couple of other things that are probably worthwhile us touching on, um, and that is we are in the middle of September. Uh, but yes, Lisa and I are Victorians, but we're not talking about the fact that we feel aggrieved that Anastasia Palaszczuk has got the grand final this year. Um Please don't talk about that, Tom. I actually almost killed a supporter for the listeners out there that, that don't know. Um, and uh, I on Facebook came up, there's five St Kilda jumpers all signed that you can um, potentially win, right, from the St Kilda Footy Club. And I basically uh, wrote there, I won't, I said Moorabbin, which is the home ground, of course, of St Kilda Football Club, I'm within the five-kilometre radius for the Moorabbin Footy Ground, but the Gabba, I am not. <laughs> yeah, so I hope uh, that wins me a St Kilda um, signed footy, footy jumper, Tom, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I've, I've missed out on uh, seeing the boys around the local coffee shops and things like that as well. So, uh, uh, But then this year it's we're doing well, but uh, probably next year when hopefully everything's back to normal, we can start seeing uh, a little bit more fruits of uh, good old Brady Ratton and what he's doing with the boys. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think the, the other thing about the middle of September, aside from Victoria uh, that are grieving a bit that the grand finals not going to be held down here. We still get a holiday, but anyway, continue on, Tom. Yeah, still get a holiday. Yeah, well... Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other ball game. Continue on with your story. I've but, got, but, I've but got you your sidetrack. Apologies. <laughs> Just hold on a second. It's not much not much good having a day off when you can only stay at home, by the way. But <laughs> that... Yeah. You know, that's well, it's like the 23rd of October or something now. It's moved from moved from when the grand final was, which is like the second or something, and then it's moved down to a, the, the Friday before grand final day, which is Cox Plate Day as well down here, uh, for those of you that like the punt as well. Uh, that, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, hopefully you, then you. we might have a few less restrictions, Tom. I don't know. We'll just... Fingers and toes crossed. Well, we, 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 we already know that uh, that, that people's pets are going to be able to get a haircut before uh, before their owners. So there we are. Yeah, my poodle uh, parlor for my for my four legged sister doesn't do foils, unfortunately. So I'm still going to be grey. Ah, uh, well, there you go. The, the the other thing that is probably worthwhile touching on, uh, which is somewhat less frivolous and less amusing, um, is that. Around about mid-September, people have got six weeks left if they don't use the tax agent to get their tax return in. Yes. So having a look, just a reminder to people, if you're not using a tax agent and you're listening to this podcast, uh, we've spoken a lot about when people should be getting their tax paperwork in uh, and you're coming to... Uh, you're heading towards the end of October. 
uh, please remember that if you're not using a tax agent, there's a requirement to get all that finalised for the 2019-20 financial year by the end of October. However, if you are using somebody like Lisa, um, you have until the following May. It's the first week... It's the first week of May, so if you if you've got a, no, it's actually the seventeenth of May this year. It's usually the fifteenth, but the fifteenth falls on a weekend, so we've got till the seventeenth of May. So twenty twenty one, yeah, 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 twenty twenty one, yeah. Oh, that sounds awfully a long time away, doesn't it? Um, so uh, it, the rule of thumb does. is if the ATO owe you money, get it done quickly. If you owe the ATO money, leave it till the 17th of May to lodge because then you've got to let it process and then you don't have to pay your debtor for another 21 days after your notice of assessment is given. So that's sort of them pushing it nicely into into late June probably. So um, that's that's what that, you, do, you manage it, your own cash flow. Yeah, it's one way of managing cash flow but also – speaks to the advantage of uh, using a tax agent. I think the, the, the important thing for people to remember, all jokes aside, is that you're coming close to the deadline um, and get you know, get things organised, get things sorted. Um, if you're looking for a tax agent, it's still not too late to to ring, uh, ring people up to help you out with any thorny issues or with lodgement itself. Yes, the rule of thumb is if you want to have the um, extended concession of using a tax agent, you've got to basically get on our list, as we call it, um, by the 31st of October. So if you contact... So does, um, how, how does somebody get on a tax agent's list? How does, how does that work? You just basically contact us and agree that um, sign some some sort of uh, engagement letter or documentation to the effect of saying, yes, I will let... Um, Lisa be my tax agent and uh, then what I do is I do the necessary back-end paperwork with the ATO through the ATO portal to basically put this person on my list and then their due date for their 2020 tax return goes from the 31st of October, which actually I think it's the 2nd of November because it's a weekend as well, from the 2nd of November and then pushes it out to the 17th of May. So the ATO are not going to go chasing you and saying, where's your, where's your tax return? if that's the case, but but you can't decide like at Christmas going, oh, I haven't done my tax return. I better go on Lisa's list, right? That sort of doesn't help you. It means your tax return is still late and then we need to do a little bit more shuffling um, to explain to the um, ATO that we've just recently been appointed. So it's still not a fake and plea that, you know, you'll get a black mark against your name for having a, a late tax return, Tom, but uh, it's better if you do it by the 31st of uh, October because it sort of just happens automatically that way. Yeah, I think that's a useful thing for people to know. Uh, we're expecting the federal budget reasonably soon as well. Uh, yeah, 6th of October. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's not a lot that's been kicked around of great significance as far as I can tell. Um, yeah, um, they're talking still about tax cuts, Tom, so we'll just wait. Um, but as we know, when we come up to budget time, uh, there's always leaks to sort of do a little bit of a water cooler pub test, laugh test to see whether uh, what's the appetite for the for the gen pop to, uh, to accept the changes. But um, I don't, look, it's not going to be anything radical. We're still in the midst of, of uh, COVID, whether it's 
uh, you know, things that are happening in New South Wales, WA, South Australia, Queensland, or in lockdown Melbourne. Um, you know, everyone's still feeling the pinch. So I think uh, you, it'll be closed. I don't think there's going to be anything too controversial coming through in a in a, in, in a Josh Frydenberg uh, last Matthias Cormann budget. Yeah, I don't think they'll be talking about back in black this time around somehow. But the um, the other thing that we spoke about, I think the other last podcast is also the FBT issue uh, and small business and that. It'll be interesting to see whether that issue gets picked up. Yeah, it'll be really interesting because um, it is it's 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 got a it's always been a tax that people haven't haven't really liked because the compliance costs are so high as we talked about last time, Tom. So um, that could be something which would stimulate um, the hospitality area as well. So as as we as I said as we talked about last time could be good for all sides uh so we'll see how that that occurs uh but as i said um it's not going to be revolutionary tax reform anything like that um anyone who's aware of division 7a that's been pretty much put on hold any of those um amendments that that's been talked about over the past three or four years uh those of you that follow tax reform in this country we don't do it very quickly um, and we don't do it, we don't break the model to fix it again. We just keep adding uh, more blocks on top of the, on top of the. Well, we, we don't, we don't even do it, we don't even do it well, let alone quickly. I mean, if we can uh, yeah. thump, the, thump the barrel a bit more here, uh, you've got a situation where back in the mid-90s, somebody thought it was a good idea to attempt to simplify the tax legislation. And we had a little thing called the Tax Law Improvement Project. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the people in Treasury did the consultation and all that stuff. And you know, just like uh, just like the self-made man, I guess, we ended up with a job half done. Um, we've still got the thirty six Act and we've got an act that was you know, put in nineteen ninety seven and you've got Practitioners who've got to straddle uh, different language and, and all the other interpretive issues uh, that exist in that space. It has been appalling. Uh, yes. Nothing yeah, more to add been, than yes, Tom. It's that's been what we appalling. have to do. Yeah, I, 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 I remember seeing the exposure drafts. It was amongst the first tax issues I dealt with when I began exploring tax and accounting in the mid-90s when I was considerably younger and had less grey hair. Um, Don't talk about grey hair at the moment. Yes, continue. Okay, fine. Uh, Apologies. But the um, those exposure drafts attempted to to convert the tax law into plainer English. Mm -hmm. And it would have been nice if people finished the process properly so the tax law is complete. But then we had the introduction of the GST, which, you know, sort of came in, but where the Democrats uh, managed to get the, the exemption on a whole bunch of stuff. So that then, uh, that then meant that system was not as pure as people who were advocating for it. Would uh, would have liked. Yeah, but one good thing right. about 
about ANTS, as I call it. Well, that's what it's called. Not the GST Act, unfortunately. It's ANTS, a new tax system. I always think that's quite funny. But anyway, yep. um, at, at least it was at least it's written in in plainer English. But then it's just got that complex with what we have as uh, GST free and input tax, and uh, it's just our whole tax system is more complicated than it needs to be, as we know, Tom. Um, it may, yeah, um, it but, may but, laugh but, and say it keeps me in a job, but like it just makes it, it too hard. Um, and then every single change, like all the COVID stimulus packages, just is the straw that breaks the camel's back, and all of us are just sort of a bit over it at the moment. So we just do what we can. Yep, and uh, in just to flag the people tuning into this in future podcasts, we've got some other tax podcasts. That is, we will be talking a bit more about some of the administrative issues that people are having with the tax office. Uh, because I've been picking up on some intelligence about some ridiculous situations that have been evolving uh, in recent times. Some of them are errors and some of them might be more deliberate things that are going on. But we'll explore that and we'll we'll try and work, we'll try and help the listeners work their way through um, issues they may have with the tax office using some of those case studies. Okay, Lisa, that, 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 that's probably a wrap for, for this week's podcast. Uh, is there anything else that you want to point to? No, Tom, I'm just sort of waiting on just the finer details of JobKeeper to come through. I was hoping that was going to come through yesterday, as usually Friday's the announcement day for JobKeeper. So we're still waiting on a couple of little bits of... Uh... Oh, so the, 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 whoever, whoever is responsible for taking the wheelie bin out and uh, depositing the garbage on tax agents' desks on a Friday at the AGO didn't do their job yesterday. No, I was sort of half expecting it because um, there's a lot of software vendors and things like that doing webinars next week on what's happening. And, of course, the software vendors need to know more information earlier so they can update all their software, especially their payroll software for JobKeeper changes. Uh, So we're just waiting and seeing what's happening, just really checking on the comparative of the 30% downturn, whether we can use, do we have to use what we, how we report in our BAS or can we still have the option between accruals and cash basis and also the inter- alternative test. Uh, and there's a lot of my clients who are just going, Lisa, does that mean that we've got our JobKeeper rates dropping uh, next month? And I said, well, at this stage, correct. And the other thing that's hurting them is that if they happen to be, say they're a business owner um, and they, but they're only working um, – 20 hours in the business for the for the month of 20 hours a week in, in the business for the month of February. Well, they've then cutting their job keeper not from 1500 to 1200, but from 1500 down at 2750. So it is causing a little bit of grief at this stage, but uh, we'll just see how things go, especially especially for us uh, Victorians. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to watch. Okay, Lisa, thanks for. Um, thanks for joining me again this week and we'll catch up with the listeners uh, late next week I think is probably when we'll do the next one okay thanks for that my pleasure Tom have a great evening and uh, and to the listeners stay safe look after each other if you're in Melbourne uh, you're in curfew at the time we recorded this so you're probably not going anywhere thanks for tuning in